Welcome to the We Are Calvary podcast, where our mission is to share Jesus and help people experience life change. Thank you so much for listening. Here's this week's message. Go ahead and be seated. Last night I walked down the line of our team and I said, I'm calling an audible. And I just walked up here and uh, Hey, Taylor, Taylor, when we end the service, go ahead and do what you did last service, would you? Don't, don't cut it, okay? Sorry, another audible? <laughs> Sorry, T, I just did it again. Uh, when did we stop believing that he's more than able? When did we stop believing that God could take our worst situations and make them whole again? When did we get so wrapped up in who we are and what we do that we could not stop and hear the voice of God? When did we get so busy that the church lost a bit of its focus because we were so busy with other things that God would speak and we couldn't hear him anymore because we were just overwhelmed with other stuff? When did we not, or or when did we stop believing that God could do miracles. That God could do the impossible. That God could go into the deepest, darkest situations and bring restoration and reconciliation and hope once again. You know, that song, uh, Mary had given it to me a couple days ago. I didn't know they were doing it at uh, Compel, which I heard was a great event. And Mary, you know, getting out of the box, and then, uh, what's her name, Joe? Joe did phenomenal. It was a great time of worship. This worship team's been here all weekend, by the way. Uh, and I, when I say this, I, I'm not looking for sympathy nor pity, but uh, Mary and I have had a week from hell. That from areas we least expected, some things came up that just overwhelmed, and I, I, I was struggling. And so I'm, I'm trying to work on, on finishing up this message and switching it around a little bit. And this is in my head. It's in my head. And I'm dealing with, with this stuff, trying to do this over here. And uh, I just sat yesterday and uh, I thought, I remembered that Mary t- gave me this song. And so I, I clicked it on YouTube and I, I started watching this song and then I pushed it again. And then I pushed it again. And then I pushed it again. Probably 10, 12 times I listened to that, that song right there. Because it began to renew my heart, began to renew my soul. It began to remind me that no matter what happens, our God is more than able. It's Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, that he can do more than we can even ask or think. And maybe you find yourself today in the same position. Maybe you've been so overwhelmed by something. Maybe you're still in the box. Maybe something in your life is, is squeezing the life out of you. And I want you to know today, I just want one thing. God's more than able. He's able to help you overcome. He's able to help you get out of the box. He's able to help you find strength and renewal and hope. Stop letting the enemy of your soul dictate how you feel. Stop letting the enemy of your soul dictate your future. Stop letting him say, it's over. When did our faith start to limit God? God's big 
and he's real, and he's able today to do exceedingly more than you or I can, can, can even imagine, the Bible says. It's time for us to become who God has always meant us to be, people who come against the gates of hell, who come against the darkness out there and say, in the name of Jesus, there is hope for despair. There is joy for sadness. That all the stress and the anxiety does not have to be the, the epitaph on your tombstone. What can be there is these words on your tombstone, the joy of the Lord was my strength. That's the call of the church today. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I sense God speaking. Uh, he's been speaking. We've just been so busy, we didn't hear. God wants to revolutionize and overwhelm us with his presence and his grace and his mercy and his love. And that, I love that line about the confidence thing. He restores my soul. He doesn't just restore my soul. He restores my confidence. That if all but stand up and say, God, I'm tired of listening to the voices of the enemy. I want to hear your word, your voice. And he begins to speak. And if we'll be people of discernment, we'll hear the message of God. And the church is desperate for that today, in my opinion. To hear the voice of God. To hear that voice and to respond to it. I'm not going to ask you to stand just wherever you're sitting. We have this thing called respect the word. But there's this passage of scripture that's found in uh, 1 Kings. Would you turn there with me? 1 Kings 19. Last week we talked about Samuel hearing from the Lord. And today we're going to hear how God spoke to this someone who I identify with sometimes, Elijah. He was discouraged he was depressed, he was struggling and pouring his heart out to God and then God uh, spoke back. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord and for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in in the fire. And after the fire, there came a gentle whisper. A gentle whisper, or in other translations, a still small voice. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And God began to speak into his life and into his purpose and into his calling. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for that today, for God to speak to me. That out of all the things you have to do today and tomorrow and the next day, there can be no more important event in your life than to hear the voice of God. Than to let God begin to speak once again and for you and I to develop a sense of awareness, to, a sense of discernment and understanding, a comprehension into the, the words of our Lord and Savior. You can't do that on your own. You know, last week I mentioned uh, fishing. Showed you a couple pictures. Well, I, I got two more. Last week I didn't feel like bragging, but today I'm, I'm there. So let me show you this first picture. That fish I caught was so big it wouldn't even fit. I just want you to know that. That, that, was, one, that was one big fish. Probably 14, 1800 pounds. And uh, it was a big fish. Actually, it wasn't that big, but there it is. That, that's, that's a halibut, in case you didn't know. That's a halibut and weighed about 130. But you can take that picture down. But I, wanna, I do want to say this. How many know, as I said last week, I don't know the first thing about fishing. 
I know you put something on, on the, uh, the hook. And, you know, they told me where to stand. They told me where to, to throw it in. And they told me when to move. And through all of their guidance, I, that fish jumped on my hook. And all I had to do was reel it in. Got it up close to the boat. It was such a big fish. The captain had to shoot it. But that's another story. And then uh, <laughs> you brought it on the boat. But my point is, I couldn't do any of that without the guides, without the fellows who knew what they were doing, without the, the men who knew how to fish, who knew how to lead and to guide me through the steps to help me get that fish. Well, how many know where I went with this and where I'm going again today? We need a guide. If we're going to live this life, if we're going to have strong marriages, if we're going to raise up godly children, if we're going to do these things and, and battle back against the enemy when he comes against you, and you have, just like I, maybe that week from hell, and you want to push back and get your confidence back, it has to happen because we listen to the guide that God has given to us. The Bible says, but when he, the spirit of truth, man, we're desperate for that today. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. The Bible says we do have a guide. He, the Holy Spirit, is our guide. The third person of the Trinity. Who has one calling for you and me. To guide us in the face of lies. In the face of, of ignorance. In the face of just foolishness. He becomes the voice of truth for us today. And he will speak on behalf of the Trinity. And if we will what? Listen. Listen, to listen and discern is our greatest need in this journey we are on today. It's the greatest need within the church. We get so caught up in doing the stuff, going through the motions, and I just think God wants to kind of get right in our face and say, there's so much more if you'll but hear my voice. So much more if you will listen to what I have to say. To discern is to grasp and comprehend that which has been obscure. It's to discern and listen to the Holy Spirit of the Lord who begins to share with us and build us up, not so that we can pat ourselves on the back, but so that we can go out into the, as the Bible says, that uh, a place of wolves and, and speak with authority. To discern is to differentiate between what is true and what is false. How many know that that's a big deal today? Because there's so much falsehood to be able to perceive and understand and to judge the things around us you know, Jesus said this when he, when, uh, in John 10 and 4, when he had brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they what? They know his voice. Verse uh, 27, uh, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them. My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. To be able to know Boy, church, hear me today. To be able to know and listen is one of the most important things we can do in following Jesus. I'm gonna say right after salvation, being filled with the Spirit, it's the foundation of what it means to follow. It's learning to listen, to discern. I cannot stress how important this is today because as I've said before, I believe as most people do, we're living in the last days. Now, whether that's my generation or your generation or the next generation, I think the Bible speaks. The New Testament uses the language, last day language, from the time Jesus died and rose again to the time of his return. The Bible calls that age the last days. And we're living in them and we see them. And, and all of the stuff that the Bible says about the last days, people loving themselves more than God. How many know that's happening today? That when up becomes down and down becomes up, yes becomes no and no becomes yes. 
and falsehood has lifted up his truth and truth is pushed down. These are the ages and the days that we live in today. This is what we confront. And so many voices, so many voices speaking into our life. So many voices that want to speak in different ways and with different nuances and meanings and everything around us. You know, when, uh, when 9-11 happened, uh, there were three main voices that shared what took place on 9-11. It was Peter Jennings, Tom Brokaw, and Dan Rather. How many voices do you hear today? Hundreds, thousands. Online, social media, 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 all the different stuff that goes all the way around. And you see it and you feel it. This need to sway you and to pursue you and, and to, to draw you to the, their way of thinking. And I'm going to tell you about it. If it doesn't come from Jesus, most of it's just baloney. It just is. It just is today. There are some things in our culture that purport to be truth and they're not. And it's taking... There's some things you look at and it's, it's obvious. Even a six-year-old can say, that's not true. Those things are easy. It's not hard to, there's some things that are so blatantly wrong. We had a lady come in to speak to Mary I and Daniel and man, by the time she was done and, and uh, it, she made my, my head want to explode. I mean, it was so easy for me to say, how can, I didn't because she was, how can you believe that stuff? But then there's other truth, is there not? There's other truth that might have a little bit of grain of truth, but it's surrounded by a bunch of falsehood. And all you see is that little grain of truth, so you buy into the whole, whole banana when it's just that little piece that's true. Because the enemy of your soul is subtle, and he'll put a little bit of truth, and he wraps it in a whole bunch of garbage, and then you start buying the garbage. How many know what I'm talking about today? Truth surrounded by falsehood. And, you know, I, I forget who said it, Spurgeon or, or Swindoll or somebody, but it, it's not that big a deal to understand, to see truth over untruth and falsehood. That's not the big deal. What takes discernment is learning what truth is when it's right alongside of a little bit of truth. Making sense today? And that's what you and I have to become better at. And the only way we become better at that is to learn to discern and to hear the voice of the Lord today. Culture's devious, and it, it's just deviant and patient. It has a way of wearing us down. The things we used to say, that's just not right, we've laughed at. And then, then we accept it. And I'm not, I'm not peeking on any one thing. There's in every area from government on down, it's, it's like there's this malaise, this illness that's grabbing hold and taken place. And the only medicine that we have is the spirit of the living God. The only antidote to, to evil and to sin. And I'm not, I'm not getting, wanting to get you heated up about any one thing. I'm just saying, if we're going to make a difference, it's going to be because we hear the voice of God once again. And we cry out. And we say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Make me an instrument of your word out there in the world today. It's the call of the church. As the Lord reminded me, you know, we start, we want to blame. We want to blame this group or that person or this or that. We want to blame everybody around us. And I think we're being naive and simple. Because I, honestly, I, I, I'm, with, I'm with Paul on this in Ephesians when he said this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You know what? I don't, if you're a guest here, I'm not, I hope you don't think I'm crazy. And I'm not a conspiracy guy, but man, if you don't think that there's a, a, a one out there, you can call him the devil, you can call him Satan. I don't care what you call him, the great enemy. But I'm gonna tell you, he wants to tear down what God wants to build up. He wants to rob you of your joy, your hope, and your peace. And, and, and we gotta get our head around that. We gotta understand, there is an enemy that wants to exchange joy for despair. And for some of you younger folk, let me, let me put a perspective on who he is. He's like Sarum, Sauron in the Lord of the Rings. He's like the Dark Lord Sith in Star Wars. For you older folk, he's like Mr. Potter in It's a Wonderful Life. Okay? But the problem is, he's real. He's real. And, he, and that's what Jesus said in John 10, 10. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's doing that all around us while we sit by playing games You know what I'm thinking right now. See, we've been married long enough. She knows what I'm thinking. I know what she's thinking. But that, that's how you grow in understanding of one another. You spend enough time. She knows what I was just thinking right then. I'm not going to say it out loud. I'm close. I'm not going to say it. We need discernment. We need to discern what is true. We need to hear and discern what God is speaking today. That's why right after that in Ephesians, it said this. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. That doesn't happen. You, uh, let me just be clear. You cannot put on the whole armor of God if you don't hear the voice of God. You cannot put the belt of truth on if you're not hearing and discerning what God might be saying to you. We cannot live in righteousness until we say, God, speak to me. Let me hear your word. Let the spirit of God dwell up within me so that I hear your voice and I move out, not in my own strength, but in yours today. Standing in the truth, standing in righteousness that comes from discernment. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 10. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Out there. Where you live and where I live. He said, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Or in another translation, gentle as doves. Be innocent. Go out there and live life in such a way as points people to Jesus Christ, but don't be foolish. Be able to discern truth from fiction. Be able to discern truth from falsehood. Be able to, to walk into a situation, Holy Spirit led, where you're hearing what these people, these voices keep coming at you. And, and, and finally, you, you've had enough. You say, in the name of Jesus, just shut up. Just shut them down. I, I don't mean people. Just You know what I'm saying in your brain, in your mind. I had to sit there and listen to that song and, and just sit in the presence of the Lord so that he could help me get my, get my bearings and get my, and you wanna know what's weird? I'm on a tangent here. God did that for me yesterday. You know what? I woke up at five through day. You know what? The enemy was still nipping at the sides of my mind. Putting up and re re repelling the enemy of your, of your mind 
is a daily thing. It's daily to tell him in, 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 in whatever Christianese you want, devil, shut up in the name of Jesus. I'm a child of the king. You have no place in my house. You have no place in my marriage. You have no place in my life today. That's what God is saying to me. Be wise as serpents. Be discerning. Let the presence of Jesus, don't go up against the enemy in your own strength. You'll lose. We need a savior's name is Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit living and walking and dwelling within us. Or we're just gonna be like we've always been. And if you've always been who you always, if you are, I can't even know how to say that. If you, you know what I mean. I'm just, I quit. It's time, to, it's time for change. It's time for change. We talk a lot about journaling and we talk a lot about uh, reading God's word. We talk a lot about prayer. We talk about fellowship and community. We talk about all the different ways that, that we nurture a relationship and get in the presence of God. I, I, I'll say those same things today, but I wanna, I wanna say this. All those things are to bring you into a position of hearing the voice of God. All those things of, of, of what you're doing, of journaling and of, of prayer and of worship and all that are to bring us into the presence of God, to praise him, to adore him, to bear our hearts to him, but then finally to hear his voice, to hear what the Lord, what the spirit of the Lord is saying to us as the church today. You know, how, how do we learn to discern the voice of God? Same ways it's always been, folks. Got nothing new here. First of all, it begins with community with God. You know, you know when I, uh, a few moments ago when I said Mary knew exactly what I was thinking, I knew what she was thinking about what I was thinking? It's because we've been together 43 years. We know each other. We know what we're thinking. She can finish my sentences. I can finish her sentences. Right? I know what she's thinking because we've spent time together. It's the same way. If you want to hear the voice of God, what do you got to do? You got to spend time with him. You gotta commune, you gotta worship, you gotta be in the zone of allowing God to speak. Sometimes the hardest thing for me is just to sit still and listen. Gotta spend the time, the Bible said, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his presence, what? But throw that up there for me if you would. It was that one, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his presence, continually, continually. Real listening begins with the relationships. Uh, it, it just does. The more I'm around someone, I know their heart. If you want to know God's heart, then be around him. If you want to know his passion and his purpose and the mission of God and what he thinks about you, just spend some time with him. The Bible says, seek the Lord in his strength continually. Then I can hear him and become wise as serpent and gentle as a dove. As we've said before, you know, you say what you want about this book, it's still the word of God. It is what it is. And not your opinion or my opinion is going to change it. One of three things happen when it comes to the word of God. And that's what this is. You may not like it. I may not like it at times because it, it gets on, you know, it, it hits me directly in the face. Some people see it as a rule book. Want, they want everyone to follow the rule book. And if you don't follow it, they're going to get on you. Okay. Generally, the people who have been saved by grace the most are the ones who become the biggest legalist. That's just my opinion. And I'm, I'm right. So then you have the group over here. They don't like what it says, so they're deconstructing it and reimagining re it. That's a slippery slope, my friend. And, and, and I'll just say it, don't do that. 
okay? We have to grapple with some of the texts in here. I, I grant you, there's things as a staff we're, we're grappling with. How do, we, how do we respond to what the word of the Lord would say? But we, we all acknowledge it is the word of God and don't try to change it. Then there's another group that's over here. That's the third leg of the school. They've just given up reading it. Friend, my friends, I just wanna say, if, if we give up this book, we'll never hear the voice of God. Okay, I don't, I'm not into bibliolatry. I'm not, this isn't my idol. This is just the word of God and I need it to hear from God. Are, are we together in that? We need it to hear the voice of God. And so we have to spend some time in it and study it. We have to take, you know, we talked about Samuel last week. We talked about Elijah just a moment uh, in, in our time together. And then we could talk about Jesus and Peter and Paul. These are real people living in real times. And what you and I, when we, when we read this book, we have to take their context from when they lived and what they were seeing and, 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 and how they were living and, and understand what they did and what they spoke to, how it relates to our context and who we are. And, and we have to find the bridge called the eternal truth that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's, that's what it means to read and go deeper into Scripture. Help us see people as real people living real lives. We've said discernment is found through prayer. If you want to learn to listen to God, you've got to spend time in prayer. Here's a clue about prayer. Sometimes in, in my early prayer life, Lord, I've got these needs. If you got a minute, I want to share them all with you. Uh, I've got some struggles here, and my heart's broken, and a whole bunch of other things. And God, I'm just going to lay it all out there for you. And then I do, and then I say amen. Prayer is nothing more than it being, prayer is a two-way dialogue with God. See, after you get all done, God might just have a few things to say to you. Right? Solomon the Bible tells us he prayed, and he said the, he gave this prayer. He said in 1 Kings, he said, So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish right from wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? He says, listen, I don't want wealth. I don't want this. I don't want that. I just want the ability to discern and to know right from wrong. And, and God so loved that prayer. He said, Solomon, because you haven't asked for riches, because you haven't asked for uh, for uh, long life because you've been asked, asked for me to kill all your enemies? It's tempting. Uh, because, because, <laughs> because you haven't asked for any of that stuff, I'm going to grant you your request. And there'll be no one like you, Solomon, because you asked for the right things. For those truly seeking discernment, he gives it freely. He gives it freely. Discernment is built through watchfulness. And I want you to hear this one because there's a whole lot of this happening in the world today. Discernment is built through watchfulness to hear and see God's voice. To hear and see God's voice. Hebrews chapter two and one. Therefore we must pay closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it. Lest we drift away from it. Too often... Uh, we do to the Holy Spirit what we do to other people we ignore. We ignore our spouse. We ignore others in our lives. And yet we do the same thing to the Holy Spirit of the Lord when he wants to speak deeply into our lives. That leads to one thing. That passage of scripture it said this. Therefore, let me read it again. Therefore, we must pay attention closer. Therefore, we must pay attention closer to what we have heard, lest we what? Lest we drift. You know what the greatest problem in the church world today, in my opinion, is? We drift. Drift. 
Drift is when you're one place and you very slowly begin to move away from where you were. You know, I've said it before, Everyone, every preacher says it. People don't wake up one day and say, well, we're done with church, we're done with God, God, we're finished with you, we're on our way out. We woke up this morning and that's the decision we made. It's not it. What happens? First, they, they may stop fellowshipping with other Christ followers. They may say, well, I'm busy, I've got this or that, and they, they don't make time for other believers. Maybe they begin to see this book as an anachronism, something that's old and has no value today. Maybe their prayer life isn't as strong as it used to be, and little by little, they what? They begin to drift. They begin to drift. It doesn't happen in one moment. It happens in a strategic, uh, let, me, let me, yeah, I'll say that. A strategic plan of the enemy that gets into a little spot and begins to pull you away from where God wants you to be, and it's called drift. And far too many of us, it's, it's happened in my life, and I'm sure it's happened in many of you. If we're not careful, we begin to drift away from the mission, from the purposes, from the heart of God. And God wants to say to his family today, thus saith the Lord, stop the drift. Hear my voice, stop the drift, and find out that I am real, that I love you, that I've called you, and that I have a purpose and a heart and mission for you. Uh, it starts, but it needs to end. Discernment is a willingness to respond to God's voice. Isaiah. He's so caught up in the vision. He's so caught up in what God is saying. He said these words, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. It's not just about watchfulness. It's about being in that place where we respond to the voice of God. We respond and say, hey, Lord, you need me to do that? I'm in. I'm all in. Lord, if, if I need to do this, this, or this, I want you to know I have watched, I have seen you move in different ways, and, and I see what you want me to do, and I'm in. I'm going for it. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Because I think there's a world of darkness out there that he's just wanting to send people like you and me out there where the wolves are to say, you know what? There's hope in Jesus Christ. There's a way to live that, that doesn't denigrate and tear you down, but builds you up into who God wants you to be. That's the call of what God, I'm telling you, I just think God wants to unleash his people. I think he's just waiting for a people. You know what, when I talked about the darkness out there, it doesn't scare me. It is what it is. It's, it's, it's ugly and it's dark and the world is upside down and all those different things, I grant you. But that just seems like the perfect, perfect opportunity that when it's darkest out there, we walk out there and we just flick on the candle and points of light. You remember like we do at Christmas? Points of light that begin to shine and make light in this world or in this room. It can be the same thing out there. Your light, my light, our lights. Shining in the anointing and the voice and hearing of God and going out there and changing the world. One life at a time. We don't have to change the whole world. We just got to work on the people God puts in our community. Puts in our sphere. People that you know, women who are caught in the boxes, who need hope and a, and a different way. It's a call and God's just waiting for people to say, here am I, Lord, send me. I'll pick this up next week. No. <laughs> Myths that make us miserable, and I had five of them, but I'm going to talk about one, then we're going to have communion, because that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. There's this story in Numbers 22. 
If it weren't so deadly serious, it'd be funny. Well, it is funny. I'm sorry. This prophet named Balaam, God's sending him, but he's not really going with the right heart. And, and he's riding his donkey to the bad guys. And this donkey understands God starts speaking to the donkey. <laughs> Letting the donkey know this isn't good. This isn't good. So the donkey tries to buck Balaam off and he runs into Wally. And so the first time Balaam takes his staff and hits the donkey. Gets back up, starts riding the donkey, and the donkey does something else to try to hold him up. And Balaam takes his staff and hits the donkey again. Donkey and Balaam get up, start riding again, and Balaam is beside himself. He, he starts beating the donkey. And finally, God doesn't just speak to the donkey, he speaks through the donkey. And I'm paraphrasing here, but it, the donkey looks up, why are you hitting me? I don't think he did this. Why? He's a, why are you? He didn't do that. <laughs> why are you hitting me and he goes on to explain and what that donkey was doing was protecting him because there was an angel of the Lord right in front of him that was going to kill him here's my point as we close today or as we have communion if God can speak to a donkey <laughs> I got this. If, if God can speak to a, don- to a donkey, he can speak to me. If God can speak through a donkey, God can speak through me. And if God can speak to me, God can speak to you. And if God can speak through me, God can speak through you. God wants to speak. The next time God speaks to you, here's what I want you to do. I'll be Eli, you be Samuel. When he speaks, I want you to say this. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears, is listening. We're desperate for that today. The world is waiting for a church filled with the Spirit to be a sheep among wolves, to hear his voice and speak the word of the Lord. As the ushers come, let's just have a time of reflection and let's worship the Lord. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to partner with us in sharing Jesus and helping people experience life change, you can support our mission by clicking the link in the description. If this message has impacted you, please subscribe and share. To learn more, visit wearecalvary.com. We'll see you back next week.